Jesus is risen. He is truly risen. My dear brothers and sisters, as we are bringing our Easter season to an end, we're also bringing the message that we began a few weeks ago to an end as well. And the message was around the story of St. Peter when it's a story that's told in Italy, when St. Peter was trying to get out of Rome because he saw the coming persecution. He saw that his day was at hand and figured there's no reason for me to stay here. And as he's exiting the city, he encounters the, the Lord. And he looks at him and he says, Domine quo vadis? My Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replies to him, I'm going into the city to be crucified again. And that's when St. Peter kind of clicked in his head, I get it. And he understood that the destiny is the journey. You know, for many of us today, we struggle a little bit with that because we understand where we want to get to, but a lot of us still struggle with how to get there. And I've had so many different encounters with people, and it was years and years ago now, and, and I kind of remember this one wake I'd gone to as a priest, and I met with the family, and I sat down with them, and they were lovely, and we talked for about 10 minutes or so, and, and the family was sharing with me about the life of Joe. That wasn't his name, I just made that name up about the life of Joe. They kept telling me what a great guy Joe was. Oh, he was such a faithful individual. He so loved Jesus. He was such a wonderful guy. Always, always, you know, said his prayers all the time and everything, which is what I guess you tell the priest when they come to the wake. You're not going to tell them about who Joe really is. But before I began the wake service, his best friend wanted to just say a few words to everybody gathered. And I'm glad that he wanted to say a few words because I found out an awful lot about Joe. He, when he starts out with, boy, Joe knew how to close a deal. I kind of started to wonder a little bit. He was such a snake man. He could get anybody to buy. Oh, man, was he, he knew all the right things to say. Oh, that Joe, man, he was. And let me tell you something else, too. Joe, he worked. He really worked. I mean, he put in his hours. He put in 60 and 70 hours, or 70 hours, 80 hours a week. But he also knew how to play. And that's when I really started to get a little nervous. He had that house out east. Oh, man, could he throw a party on the weekends? Ooh, boy, everybody was wasted by the end of the night. And it's a good thing he had plenty of places for people to sleep. They all had, you know. And I'm listening to this, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, who is this guy that I'm just told was like a saint? Well, it didn't end there. I wish it had. Then he said, and, oh, and Joe, man, the ladies, oh, he knew how to play the ladies. He, when when want to find one, oh, whew. And now I'm sitting there going, now what am I going to say to this family that's sitting here after this guy just said all this stuff? Clearly, his journey was not ordered to the right destiny. You know, many of us today applaud such values. When you think a lot about the people in our lives, the people that we know, the people with whom we journey, it's all about grab your gusto here. Get what you can in this life. Take it now because it belongs to me. I earned it. I get what I want. And I want to feel good right now. And that feel-good generation is everywhere. It's the world. When you think about the worldly values that we're being told, it's all about feeling good, about pleasure mostly. If it feels good, it must be right. Therefore, if it's right, you must keep doing it. No matter how many people are crushed by it, no matter how many people are hurt by it, you do what you want because you want to do it. 
And that's not the gospel message. You know, that St. Peter that we've encountered so many times, we've been reading his first letter these last few weeks, that same St. Peter. Now, this St. Peter, did you get this St. Peter yet? Have you figured this guy out yet? It's not just because he has a great name that I always applaud St. Peter, but he's good at sticking his foot in his mouth. And throughout the Gospels, he does it many, many times. Even to the point, if you remember, weeks ago, he went back to his fishing business. He, he had the encounter with the risen Lord, but there they were fishing one, one morning, and Jesus appears to them and says, Oh, Peter, what are you doing? Where are you, what, what do you think? Do you think that I went through all of this so that you can just go back to your job? But it wasn't until Pentecost, which we celebrate next week, that we finally see St. Peter get it. At Pentecost, all of a sudden, Peter jumps up and starts proclaiming the risen Lord. He starts to proclaim salvation in the name of Jesus. Finally understood his mission. Finally understood his destiny. And now all he had to do was align his journey to that destiny. The destiny is the journey. The two have to go hand in hand. You can't get to where you want to go if you are trying to get to someplace else. You know, if you wanted to go to New York City from here and you get on the expressway and headed east, it's going to be a long ride. You're not going to get there. And the same thing too, if you want to get to heaven, but you want to live like Satan asks you to, well, you're not going to end up with Jesus. St. Peter, did you hear the second reading today? I, I, I love that letter because St. Peter is being so pragmatic. And he's saying basically he figured it out all those times when he was walking with Jesus. And he thought, you know what? He's making me his right hand man. We're going to get into Jerusalem and I'm going to get some fancy clothes and maybe I'll even get a crown to wear. And, and I'm going to have an army underneath me and, and I'm going to rule this place. I'm going to be in charge here. And Jesus keeps saying to him, you know, Peter, no, I'm building a church here. I'm building the kingdom. And that kingdom isn't an earthly kingdom. It's a heavenly kingdom. And in that heavenly kingdom, the way to get there is by way of the cross. Jesus demonstrates with his own life that the only way to get there is through the cross. You know, I remember years ago, there were many priests that were listening to who kind of took the Easter season. And because the Easter season is seven weeks long and the Easter, week, the Easter season is so filled with promise and hope that they forgot that the promise and hope had something you had to do to get it. You know, when, when there's a promise for something, you have to live in accord with that. And so they just started to preach resurrection, 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 which it's all about. But St. Peter just said, but your sufferings are part of the journey. And so I've listened to, especially a lot of these Protestant preachers, they, they love the prosperity gospel, they call it. You know, if you're good, God will bless you. God will give you a bigger house. God will give you so much. God will give, you just keep, you praise God and God will, and if you're not getting it, it's because you're not praising God right. Oh, you're still living in that little hovel. You got to praise some more. You got to give more to me because I'm the preacher. No. That's not how God operates. Yes, God will bless you. Think of your own lives. Think of the, the, the love that you've experienced in your families. That's a blessing. It's a blessing from God. 
But also think of the trials that you've been through with those same people you love. Those trials are blessings too. Those trials are what help us develop Christian character. That we can go through those trials with Jesus who just promised to be with us always. He'll walk through those trials with us, the difficulties, all of the things that we encounter. My dear brothers and sisters, the journey necessarily must have Christ as part of it. And if our journeys are everything but Christ, then we're not on the journey. I say this all the time to people. The early Christian church, do you know how they referred to the early Christian church? They called it the way. We're on the way. We're going on the way. It's a journey, and if anybody's ever taken a long journey, you know as well as I do, you have to be patient. You have to keep sticking to it. You have to have your plan. You have to keep going with the plan. You have to keep unfolding the plan so that when you finally do get to your destination, it's the right one. If you keep deviating from your plan, you're not going to get there. And so I say again and again to you, my dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, where is Jesus in your journey? Is it just an occasional stop here once a week for an hour? Is that all there is to your journey? Do you not think of Jesus the other 160 plus hours a week? Do you never say any prayers? Do you never spend any time with him? He necessarily has to be part of our journey. Do you embrace the cross and the crosses that we do receive, the difficulties and the trials, the heartaches and the brokenness? Do you embrace those and accept the grace of Christ? Because when, you know, I've noticed in my own life, when something really hard happens to me, when something really breaks my heart or hurts me, God's grace suddenly helps me to understand and to appreciate and to say, all right, what are you teaching me here, Lord? What did I need to learn in this? How did I need to change? What can I do differently next time? I used to work with a rabbi, believe it or not, and in his wedding homily, he said, you know, there's a lot of things that you can go out there and do, but there's one thing you've always got to learn how to do really well. And he says, you've got to learn how to say the words, I'm sorry. Because a lot of times when I've been hurt, there's a lot have been hurt by me. My dear brothers and sisters, that's the journey. I'm going to say it again. That's the journey. Not that we're there yet, but we're on the way. Not that we've arrived yet, but we're trying to get there. And so what is the prime message of the Gospels? Now that we're wrapping this all up, what's the prime message of the Gospels? I'll let you think about that. What's the thing that Jesus talks about the most in the Gospels? And everybody's going to tell me love, and you're all wrong. He almost never mentions it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The word hardly ever shows up. You know what he talks about the most? The kingdom of God is at hand. The reign of God is upon you. Repent, change, prepare, get ready. For the coming judgment is upon you. And somehow we Christians all of a sudden try to turn it into a love fest. And love is very much a part of it, don't get me wrong. Every sin we commit damages a love relationship. Spend some time with that. Every sin we commit damages a love 
relationship. And the only way to restore that love relationship is to say, I'm sorry. And to mean it. I, 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 every time I say those, I, I always think of my mother. You know, when you were growing up and you, you'd walk up to your mother because you know you did something wrong. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. For what? Right, mothers? For, for what? Because if I don't know what I did, I can't fix it. Because then the next thing would be like, don't do it again. Well, that's kind of how God is loving us. You've hurt. You've been hurt. But it's about reconciling. It's about coming back together again. It's about joining with the other and falling in love again and again. And so my dear families, it has to start in the homes. I can preach all day long about the kingdom. I can tell you all day long about the great commandment to love. I can spend all my time and all my breath, but if it's not practiced and not lived in the home, I've wasted my breath and I've wasted your time. And so here's my challenge to you. Here's my challenge for each and every one of you as we start to wrap up the Easter season. Understand your destiny. What is the thing you want at the end of your life? Where do you want to go? And if anybody here says anything other than heaven, I need to talk to you. Seriously. And if heaven is your goal, then ask yourself, how do I get there? And then take an honest look at your life. Here's a, a thing that I give every now and then that I ask people to do. What I'd like you to do this week is to sit down and whatever you do during the day, however long you do it, write it in a journal. So, you know, breakfast, 15 minutes. Uh, Hygiene in the morning, 25 minutes, whatever you do, write it down and at the end of the week, categorize it, summarize it, and what you've done the most, aside from sleeping, which is what most of us do the most, aside from sleeping, you're going to find out where your treasure is because you're investing the most time. And I would bet for many people, aside from things like work, it's probably going to be things like TV or computers or screen time. Every time you spend some time on your phone, write it down. That's your God. Whatever you spend the most time doing, that's your God. Get rid of it. And get God back in your life. Because Jesus is risen. And if he is truly risen, then we want to go where he has gone before us. And to get there, we have to recognize that the journey and the destination must be together. Otherwise, we're lost. I love you all, and I pray that God fill your hearts with the hope that of Jesus' resurrection can give to the point where you love him so much, you're ready to say those words, I'm sorry. God bless you.